Hey, podcast friends, I have a special 20% discount offer on all my courses starting November 19th. It's going to run through November 29th. Improve Your Groove, Introduction to Recording, and the bundle can be discounted at checkout using the code DRUMS21. That's capital D, capital R, capital U, capital M, capital S, 21. Just put that code in at checkout. 20% off all courses and the bundle. Let's get to the podcast. Hey, all, welcome to the podcast. Recording drums with me, Blair Sinta. Today, my guest is Ash Sohn. Uh, many drummers know him from his amazing work with Seal, Robbie Williams, Adele, Delamitri, you name it. Tons of sessions. Sam Smith, uh, he's worked with Trevor Horn for years. Um, many people know him from Instagram. He's got a huge Instagram following and he's built an incredible studio on his property called The Windmill. So we're going to talk about The Windmill. We're going to talk about his beginning work, uh, learning how to engineer, um, his setup, his process. And uh, we go on a little tangent about drumming and, and, and you know, the, I'm going to leave that in. The dog wants to leave. Uh, you know, and, and the, the, you know, practicing kind of crazy drum things, but then bringing them back to musical situations. So we're going to talk that about that a bit. All right. As always, please check out my courses, Introduction to Recording and Improve Your Groove. They're available on my website. Also, I have a free PDF if you wonder what, what uh, gear I use in my studio. It's all right there, free PDF on my website, blairsinta.com. Without further ado, let's talk to Ash. We've been here now, um, it's going to be 14 years. Oh, shit. Yeah. But I, I, I lived in London since I was 21, and then I met my wife on the road. Uh, and then when we started thinking about children, it was sort of like, is it going to be London or are we going to get out? You know, and my wife's family are, are, are in Norfolk. And I'd been okay. to Norfolk a little bit. I'd not really um, spent a huge amount of time here. And then I, when I... I came up with my uh, my wife. It, I realised, you know, it's such, such a beautiful county. Really, it's like um, we're about thirty minutes from the coast, and there's surf, and you know, it's mad. It's beautiful. You know, wow, man. So you've been making it work from there for a long time. Yeah. Well, so next year it will be ten years that the studio has existed. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and I. I'll be honest, when I left London, I didn't tell anybody I'd moved. <laughs> you know, I just, and I think I just didn't say, it. there's a, obviously a few close friends, but I just kept it quiet. Right. I was terrified that that's it, you're out of the scene. <laughs> you know the story. Um, right. And, uh, and um, you know, I think about three or four years later, it's like, okay, actually, this isn't, you know, it's, it's, it's not all collapse around me. You know, it's, it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so did that um it's funny that that was pretty early in like social media development but were you thinking about that when you moved or did that just kind of start to happen like the the social media thing well the social media thing with your recording you know what i mean yeah well like, like, well i'll tell you what happened you know what i mean yeah so yeah. yeah i do so when um my my wife i met my wife on the road with with lisa stansfield and I don't know if you ever yep so I was, I was, I was touring with uh, Lisa Stansfield and um, my wife was part of the entourage and the rest is history. Um, but she then, but uh, Martha then went on to uh, do production for a, a few other bands and she ended up uh, tour managing uh, Imogen Heap. Yep. Okay. For a little while. And, and Imogen became her friend and my friend and Imogen came to our wedding and, um, Imogen at that time was the queen of Twitter. You know, that's all there was really kind of social media wise. Okay. And she said to me and a couple of other musicians that were at, the, at our wedding, we just got, you know, the end of the day and we were all hanging out and having, having some, just hanging and having a beer and things. She, we, the social media thing came up because she was, well, she still is. I think she's got like, you know, a few million followers on, on, on Twitter. Okay. Um, and she said, I think everyone should do it. And like, I'm like most people now that I speak to about social media, I was like, what's that? I mean, that's, that ain't going to work for me. I'll just play drums. 
And she was like, well, no, but you're, you're an artist too. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you know, you, you, you create music, you create beats. And she said, you know, why, why can't you too be an artist on Twitter like, like me? Uh, and I started thinking about it. And so I joined Twitter and, and it's a, it's a very, it's a very slow burn Twitter. It takes a while to get any sort of leverage unless you're on it all the time and you've got lots to say, I think. Sure. Uh, and then Insta- and then Instagram came along as I'd built the studio. And I, I used Instagram to start with. It was just like, personally for me, I just wanted to document my journey with the studio and with my development as, of, of uh, my engineering skills. Like yep. it sounded dreadful when I started, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think... I. Looking back now, 10 years ago, because it's actually 10 years that I've been on Instagram, would you believe? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I think 10 years ago, I was quite possibly one of the first drummers to start sticking microphones on a drum kit. I'm not saying it sounded any good, because it certainly didn't, I think, when I started. Um, but I, th- I was the first one to get away from iPhone GoPro mic. It was right. like, okay, there's something different happening here. Right. Um, I think. I don't know. I, I just think yeah. that that's 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 my only explanation for why it's grown like it has. Sure. It it seems like ten years ago to go the extra mile, actually record yourself and then sync with video. Yeah. It seems like YouTube, you might have been doing that ten years ago, but that would have been pretty yeah. on it then. But for Instagram, that you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was a I think it probably was quite a unique. Yeah. So it probably sounded, even though it did sound dreadful. Um, I, I somehow don't be sound. But I know what you're saying. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, compared to now, there's there's no sure. question. Okay. I mean, I've got my, I've still got it in the in my archive, okay. my right. first post. We'll go look. Um, we'll critique you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might go back and have a listen. But even though it probably didn't sound great as far as now is concerned, you know, everybody's got fantastic engineering skills, it seems. Um, Back then, it probably did sound quite good because people were just shooting with iPhones. And of course, iPhones have got better. Right. You know, microphones in the iPhone now sounds fantastic. This uh, this 13 that I've got here. Well, the funny uh, thing is uh, Instagram would have been 15 seconds back then. That's right. It was 15. Yeah. Um, and And it also, I also coincided, I think, with that whole VF, the Vic Firth 15 uh, blowing up. Okay. And I think I was one of the go-to drummers that they kept on coming back to because it's like, oh, then he's churning some stuff out. Let's go to him, okay. Okay. you know. And I think all of that, you know, I you know, I think that probably all helped with the, the growth of my, my Instagram, really. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's pretty awesome so so you moved out you move out there and did you know about this space and like was this a master plan like i'm moving out and i'm gonna have a space and learn to record or tell me about that whole thing well in the in the back of our minds we wanted somewhere with a bit of land so we've got some land here and uh we haven't got any pigs now but we did have pigs for quite a few years um and there's some old barns attached to the house and we so we knew we wanted like outbuildings or some something that could potentially be first storage for all my crap like we all gather over 40 years of playing um and and potentially the studio was a word that was being banted about between my wife and i and and a few of our friends and we we started thinking about seriously turning the barns into into a studio space uh and it came back, we'd, we'd been here not very long, we'd been here about a year. And um, the the money, it was a lot of money. It's like it's like buying another house. Sure. I mean, we just bought one. He's like, oh my God, this is just ridiculous. With, uh, before we uh, even get any gear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and then, and so, and just by um, amazing accident, really, my mother-in-law, um, mentioned it to a friend of us who specializes in green builds okay um james livingston his name is and he just said what about the mill and i'm like what are you talking about he's like because the mill at the time was just um 
like four of the, uh, brick buttresses. I'm just going to grab a picture so you can you can yeah, see. Yeah. Cool. So that that's what it was. Oh, amazing! Wow. Right. So okay. this. So um, we're in here, right? Yep. Okay. Um, but there's but that massive wooden structure, like the enormous thing on the top there. Yep. Um, it needed to be supported. So all that was left were these really were these four enormous pillars that were that that supported that huge wooden structure above the mill. Okay. And then a little bit of a a bit of a footing. Um, so it was kind of it looked like Stonehenge at night. You look across and it's like these sort of it's kind of weird. Right. Um, and I we never thought we'd do anything with it, you know. And yeah. and James he just said, well, you know, we could put straw bales it, between the, the pillars um, and put a lovely cedar shingle roof on and reclaim wood for the floors and blah blah blah. And then with with James and uh, our friend Ed, who's a fantastic carpenter. We were about a year later, and this and this had happened. Um, and then, and it's still at that time, I was just putting my stuff in, and I was just practicing a little bit and playing a bit. And then a producer friend of mine said, "What's it sound like?" And I was like, uh, "Sounds pretty cool, <laughs> you know, right. as, uh, right. for a room." He right. said, "He goes, stick a mic, stick a mic up, and send me the file." I sent it to him, and he was like, "You know what?" He said, "It's it sounds all right, you know, because and now of course." you'll sort of verify this yeah. good engineers and good producers. If you send them a, a pretty quality stereo file or a raw stereo file of a room, they can sort of hear yeah. if it's all right. Can't yeah. you, you know? Um, and he said, he goes, I think this, it sounds pretty cool. And then it was like, okay, do I buy another microphone and, and then in, in a year's time, buy another two <laughs> microphones and maybe buy a preamp. Right. Or do I just dive in and actually go for it? And I've always been fascinated by sound and, and I've been blessed to have been around people. Um, sure. Trevor Horn, I'm, you know, uh, spent many years with Trevor and Steve Lipson and some great British producers in some yeah. fantastic studios and just watching it all go on. And, yeah. and, and I've, I've always loved, I've always been fascinated by, you know, you tune a drum and then you put a mic on it and it goes down that little wire yeah. and some, it happens. Yeah. Some, it happens to it, you know, um, it always, uh, has sort of blown my mind really. And so I've always been, uh, interested in it. So I decided to just jump both feet and I bought Pro Tools. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Still, I arguably don't. <laughs> um, and I bought, um, at the time, I bought a, an eight-channel um, Audient. It was a British make, uh, Audient uh, interface. Yep. And eventually, you know, the Apollos came later and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Wow, man. That's I mean, that's such a great story, especially about the mill itself. Yeah, the mill. It just is yeah. kind of, and then you know, and then the oddest thing about that is, if you if you bring Instagram back into it, the fact that you know this bizarre thing called social media that we're all kind of a part of, if you want to be or not, <laughs> as yeah. some people choose. Yeah. Um, if you choose to be a part of it, um, and you want to play the game, as it were you've got to have a kind of interesting sort of angle and, and automatically people are like, what is that place he's in? You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a perfect storm. Actually. My mate said <laughs> it kind of is. It's a fast, it's, it's pretty fascinating, man. You know, because from the outside looking in, you know, sometimes you post a picture of the outside or I've seen a picture and you're kind of like, yeah, First of all, you're like, where the fuck did he find that place? And then it turns out to be on, <laughs> on your property and you built it out. And it's, yeah. oh, wow, that's awesome. And I'm sure just standing in that room, it's, I mean, it's got vibe already. You know, it's round. So like, you're not dealing with, with yeah. strange corners. No reflection. Yeah. 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 Wow, man. And okay. the straw, so the straw bales, right? That's the, so the same the same producer came up and did we did a few days here. I can't remember what we're doing, share or something. And and he he um 
he was fascinated. He's like, he's like I, I don't understand why it sounds so good. And he kept it when I was playing, he kept on going out uh-huh. and walking around. And he's, and then like about three days later, he goes, I think I've sussed it. I was like, what? And he went, he said, I think all the sort of troublesome bottom end gets absorbed by the straw. Wow. That's what he thought, you know, and, and I mean, maybe it's, a, I mean, the walls are, you know, they're nearly two feet thick. It's a it's straw bales. <laughs> it's like, um, and the render is, so the stuff that's on top of the straw bales is, is an old fashioned way of rendering uh, called lime render. So it's actually quite soft um, render. It's not like concrete. So that also is quite sort of, okay. I guess, sonically absorbent. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a warm space, you know, and that is that, that ceiling that Ed did is, is about, about a foot thick as well with insulation. Oh, wow. Yeah. All I know is I'm going to buy some hail after we hang up some, you know, some, some hay after we hang up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Man, that's awesome. Okay. So how, how long did it take for people to start going like, wow, Ash, Ash has got a place that sounds cool. Yeah. Since. You know, work starts coming in. Well, that that's an interesting one. So I same guy, same producer. His name's Mark Taylor, actually, okay. is the guy that I, I keep referencing about this place. Um, and he I've worked with him with Cher and James Morrison, um, and Enrique Iglesias and people like that. Okay. Um I remember calling him and going, So Trevor knew I'd built a studio, mm-hmm. so did Steve Lipson, so did a bunch of Fraser T. Smith, a, a few of the london-based producers knew that i was building somewhere you know but telling telling trevor horn that you've got a studio it's just going to make him go right and <laughs> and yeah exactly right <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it's sort of slightly embarrassing uh-huh. um and then to actually convince the guy right that you can mic your drum kit up and send him files that are going to be usable yeah that was a that's a mountain that yeah um so I said to Mark, I said, how am I going to convince people that I can do it? And he said, he goes, it's the same as everything, Ash. He goes, you've just got to have a hit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> amazing, you know, and amazingly, yeah. Fraser T. Smith, I think, was one of the first, the first sort of name kind of producers to use me. And I did something for him and it was a hit in Ireland. Okay. Um, and so there the ball started to, gently start moving i could say to people oh you know that da 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 song um there's a guy called gavin james actually um i can't remember the name of the song uh and it was it was like a i think it might even be number one in in ireland um and then of course you can say to people oh no we did that yeah you know i've done that i say we i mean me and this little room that i'm in yeah um uh and then slowly but surely it started to build, you know. Uh, um, that that particular tune um, was you by yourself engineering, doing it all. Yes. Up. Okay. That's it. Yeah. 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 And I sent I sent Fraser the files. I think I sent actually back then I probably sent raw files. Now I end up sending quite a lot of um, well, uh, either a mix, right? Processed, you know, processed and raw. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, you know, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's an awesome, um, uh, point too, is that as with most drummers early on, you're afraid to EQ too much, afraid to compress too much. Yeah. You're like, holy shit. I'm just, I'm, I'm getting it on tape. I'm playing well. It sounds fine. My drums sound good. I'm not touching it. I'm just yeah. sending it off. But yeah. the fact that you, you know, even, I mean, it's kind of a great point because, uh, you know, a lot of guys I talk to. A lot of people, not guys, men and women, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some are still at the point where they're not too sure, or they're like, "Well, I might do both, just in case," you know. But the fact that, like, you know, you made a hit song, you weren't EQing, you were just making the drums sound good. Yeah. Placing the mics in the right places, you know. Well, you know, phase was the one, and yeah. you know, is is still the sort of always. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. still the untalked about sort of uh, nightmare for drummers. Yes. Um, and I remember, I remember people saying, oh, that's that phase. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's, you know, really great engineers. They walk into a room and go, those speakers are out of phase. Like, yeah. How do you, I still don't know. <laughs> I still can't hear that. Yeah. But, you know, some really great people can actually tell. 
Um, and you know that that whole journey of phase has been has been interesting. And I remember saying to some of the lads that worked at Psalm, which is Trevor's studio, um, and I'd say to you know what's what's this was years ago before I even thought about getting a studio. I remember saying, well, what's the worst thing about a drum session? Um, and they were like, well, setting it all up, taking an hour to get a sound, doing the session, which might be another hour maybe, mm-hmm. and then taking it all down again and doing it again the next time. It's like, oh my. They said, we just wish that we could keep it, um, you know, keep it set up. So I thought, well, if I ever get around to get in some sort of space, I'm just going to leave it. Yeah. And and slowly tweak and like like so I've got three mics on my bass drum now and they're all perfectly in phase. Yep. Um and they ain't moving. There's a little bit of tape where they where the you know, where the stands go and it's like I'm looking at the, the waveforms and it's like I haven't even done anything, so it's so good. You know, but that's it's taken a while, you know, to get to that thing. So I do understand what those lads were saying to me. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a ball ache. To, to mic a drum kit up there's so much yeah and to, so and so to get it right each time you're not really changing kick drums much then you're kind of like no no well i've got two that's the thing that's the sort of gag that i've got here i've got the two sounds that i've got going on i've got that sort I've of i've seen that yeah yeah okay yeah yeah um so i've got the, the i've got the the 20 inch which is open yeah and i can make it i can make it sound like a sort of jazz bass drum if i keep it natural yep. or if i process it heavily i can make it sound like an 808 and then everything in between but the the main kick just a normal 22 by 14 um it's same deal i can make it sound uh sort of traditional or i can make it sound a bit you know and i've got the the three mic selection i like because i can make it sound you know with the faders you know um you put the fet up a bit more and or you know wherever they sit you can make it sound so fantastically different you know with that with that main 22 will you mess with dampening and tuning or you're just it's just kind of no i don't really okay yeah um the damp the dampening is as it is and i it's you know as a bass drum it sounds cool in the room and it sounds you know it feels nice to play and i've kind of left it really um sometimes i'll tune it up a little bit but often it's like it sort of sits for months on end in one place that's awesome. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I mean, one of the things I was curious about is, you know, you, um, especially like at least through Instagram, you have you, like the sounds are very stylized, right? Like you're doing, yeah. you're really doing like your thing with that. How much of that is changing? Is, are, is that just, is that mainly mixing? Like when you have to do like a, like a pop track or something outside of that, that can't be that curated. Is that yeah. back end mostly? You know what I mean? That- yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm messing with everything continually. Right. You know, as far as, as far as plugins are concerned. And, uh, and I know, uh, you know, there's a big, I know your thing is the source sound has to be good mm-hmm. or you're, a, you're, you're going to be chasing your tail oh, forever. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've got, you know, I've got some, I've got a handful of sounds that I draw from. Um, and then all the variables, like I say, with, with, with microphone, um, whichever choice of mics. So I've got three crunch mics. I've got, uh, I've got a ball and biscuit hanging up. Ah. In fact, you can see it. It's so funny. It's so funny, man. I've never heard of that mic until last week. And I talked to oddly enough, Ashwin Sud. Oh yeah. And he told me about that mic. (laughs) Well, there it is. So I've got one there and I've got another. I've got another crunch mic and I've got the, the telephone thing. So I've got three yep. levels of, yep. of kind of dis- distortion going on. Is it? Is and you can turn all those. Is the second mic the DR30? Um, well, I, I used to have, so the, the crunch one, I used to use a Shaw 55. Okay. Um, for ages. Okay. Uh, and now I've just put up actually uh, an Aston Spirit is in that position. Okay. So when there's when, so essentially when there's nothing on it, it's just a mono room, which people can do what with what they want on it, you know. Okay. And it's in that that sort of classic position, you know, yeah. just above the bass drum, aimed at the middle of the kit, blah blah blah. 
and then and then the telephone mic sounds like it sounds yeah and i've got actually i've just i've just got one of those new solomon um foam freaks which is a smaller version but it's the same okay thing yeah it's it's that sort of <laughs> sort of sound and you can't get away from it but if you put the, the devil lock on that and crank it but have it on incredibly low yeah. it's a beautiful sort of undercurrent with the sound you know i really like the devil so lock. yeah i mean I, i'm devil lock yeah is it's, mega. it's like crazy yeah. it's mega isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean you know yeah and i and you know and i and i still feel i don't know what the hell i'm doing really and and you know with with pro tools in particular but every day there's something like okay there's that okay that's interesting you know and it's been 10 years and i'm still finding stuff yeah you know, I mean, on my that, own on this this weird journey you know mm-hmm. i feel like every time i walk <laughs> into a room with a real pro tales engineer they do something slightly different yeah. same same yeah. same same end up res- same result and you're like oh you can do it like that too okay yeah but that, yeah that person is well, faster like that and just well some of the lads so some of the the great engineers that work with trevor horn because trevor sort of you know sort of Famously, um, you know, I think Trevor's really, he's, he's a fantastic arranger is what he is. Mm. Um, and I'd never, ever seen him touch the rig, ever. Mm. He's just always behind the speakers, um, you know, proper desk and all that. But obviously the, there's, a, there's a guy on, the, on Pro Tools. Um, and I'd see these lads doing shortcuts, like edits like that. I'm like, what? wow, you know. And... One uh, one of the engineers had left the room in Studio One, yeah. And Trevor wanted an edit doing, and I thought, okay, well, uh, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, and then he just leant over and he did one of those sort of ninja three finger edits, uh-huh. and I'm like, okay. So, so Trevor does definitely know what he's. Right. But I'm always envious of those lads where they just go. Bah, 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 bah. It's like, oh, yeah. Wow, that would have taken me twenty minutes. That right. <laughs> have you had many of your your engineer friends out over the 10 years and just learned shit from them in the room and well it's yeah i've had uh so mark came up mark taylor i had steve steve lips has been here we did the lion king when that, that uh a few years back was that 2019 he came up okay uh and the frustrating thing about steve you know ali lennox i mean fantastic um producer yeah. And lo- and of course, engineered the latest Bond film for Hans Zimmer, uh, Man of Steel for, for Zimmer. It's fantastic. I said, I said, right, like a kid, what can what can I change? Right. And I, he just and he just went, he just went, nothing. It sounds great. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I don't want that. I want you to tell me that I, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and he's and he's been happy. And we and in fact, with Steve. And hands, I did Boss Baby two, um, you know, about six six months ago. So, um, and again, he was really happy. He sort of, he sent me the 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 Pro Tool sessions, and I opened them up, and the demo drums are there. And he just let me get on with it, and he was happy with a mixture of the raw and uh, and my process stuff. Yeah, um, it's amazing, you know, way of working. Weirdly, I mean, you know, even Hans has had to. Um, you know, use musicians in a re- remote city. So, and and Steve was telling me that um, he had to do a whole orchestra. So there'd be like an oboist in a bathroom. Yep. You know. Yep. And the, the, and everybody's sending their files. It's like the whole orchestra sending their files remotely, and Steve had to somehow get it all together, and make it sound like a. Like a soundtrack. Like, yeah, wow. I, I was talking to uh, this cat, MB Gordy, recently, and he was talking about that exact thing during the pandemic. And the issue with, especially with orchestra, is the intonation. You know, they're not tuning off each other. You know what I mean? They're not. Right. That's, well, that's, yeah, that's an interesting you know, angle. Yeah. Like like the oboe player, that, that, player not sitting there, you know, correcting themselves according to what they're hearing in the room, which is. That's, wow. Well, I, that's interesting. I will talk to him about that. And if yeah. that was a. A problem, but I guess you know Melodyne works on oboes as well. Well, I mean, exactly. But, <laughs> but then again, they're they're having to do that because yeah, you know, the musicianship oh. is is isolated, like literally isolated, right? Like yeah, yeah, 
yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what, what it must be like when you're, when you're part of a, you know, 60, 80 strong orchestra and, and then you're just on your own in your bathroom. It's like, <laughs> it's like bizarre, yeah. you know? Yeah, like in a weird way, yeah. we're used to this now, but like... We're, yeah, we are sort of used to being <laughs> but, uh, alone. But, yeah, uh, other yeah. people are like, if I'm not in a section, it doesn't make much sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know about you, but I... I so for me, the of the obvious things that people talk about with remote recording, the downsides are the commun- the communication um, is is compromised. You know, you can't you basically can't um, communicate like you would do if you're in a proper studio, and the, the information takes longer, it's slower, whatever text, whatever. But for me, the upsides are. There's no time constraints on me. So there's no pressure to get this. There's nobody looking at the watch, breathing down my neck. I can take my time. And if I feel like, okay, this is, I just need to take a bit of time out. You can't do that on a session. Right. But I can here. I can just go and make a cup of tea and go outside and whatever, chase the dog around the field (laughs) and then come back and, and and have a fresh kind of approach. So I really enjoy that sort of, and I'm on my own. I'm always yeah. on my own. There's no one, no one, no one ever comes in here. My kids barely come in here. Um, I think my wife's been in here about six times. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. you know, it's weird. It's like a proper man cave. Um, right. So I'm in here, I'm in here on my own mainly. Um, in fact, I've got a session with Lee after we finish. There's a guy coming over, a bass player. So I'm gonna have another musician in here. Cool. Um, to do a little, a little thing. Um, so yeah, um, it's, I kind of enjoy the, sort of solitude of it in, uh-huh. in, a, in a weird way you know um I, okay i have like three follow-up questions for that first do you do, you do audio movers at all have you have you gone down that well people people have asked me to do that a few times and we've i've tried source connect yeah uh and I, we should give source connect another go we've tried the whole zoom thing and audio movers and one of the sessions i did last year we wasted about an hour and a half just trying to get it to actually work oh my god i was just like well this this is just <laughs> yeah. it's insane what are we yeah. doing yeah you know yeah just let me get on with the session and i'll send you an mp3 yeah yeah so is, is it so what's it, so are you usually it, it obviously depends on the project, like whether it's a pop thing, yeah. or movie thing, where a, presumably a film thing is going to be cleaner sounds, just a little more straight ahead. It's really yeah. about nailing the cue, right? Yeah. Um, and then a pop thing could be more the processing mix, right? Yeah. Um, tell me about how you kind of approach getting approval from those two different kind of types of sessions. Um, it, you mean as um, like, hey, where do I start with them? You mean um, if it, I guess maybe mid middle process, like you, like yeah, your sounds are there. You know, presumably they're appropriate for the thing, the piece of music that you're doing, whether it's a film thing or yeah. Okay, but let's yeah. say, let's say you're processing. Let's say you're processing something for. Let's just go with the pop thing. Let's say you're doing some processing. Yeah. Are you sending MP3s off and waiting? That's right. So I'll send a, I'll send my mix, and I'll be yeah. I'll make them very aware. Mm-hmm. This is my mix, by the way, guys. Uh, and it's so you've got to. That's pretty open. It's my taste. You might go actually. It's a little bit too, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I it, it, with most sort of proper pop sessions, I will send them raw and my process files. Okay, multiple. Um, yeah, I'll give them two folders worth of stuff. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then they can mix and match, actually. Some people, I've found a lot of people quite like my bass drum, but then they might leave the overheads untouched or right. or the room mics natural. Um, yeah. It's... Okay. Um, and with and with the, the movies, like with Steve, in fact, I think with Steve on that last, on Boss Baby 2, I think I worked in his... Um, uh, Pro Tools session. Yep. And he's he. I've I've got. I use all UAD. Okay. Um, he's got them all. Yep. So when he opened the session, it's there anyway. Okay. Um, and I think he quite liked it because he could see what I was doing, 
um, and then adjust it accordingly. Okay. But that that's unusual. Like I, I don't make a habit of sending people my. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't want to send them my 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 sort of uh, black book, as it were. I mean, that's you kind know? of the Rolls Royce, though. If you can literally send all your plugins, and and then someone has your mix, but then can tweak yeah. it there, leave it or yeah. take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. They, and I think that really worked great with Steve. And I, and, and I trust him. I've known him forever. Yeah. Um, as long as I've known Trevor. Um, but yeah, I think most people, they, they seem to trust me with the sound. You know, most people are happy with what, with what I send them. Yeah. Uh, I've just, I've just done one recently for an Icelandic pop star mm. and his, his producer engineers in Los Angeles, actually. And he said to me, Oh, I don't, I don't want 30 microphones all out of phase. I'd sooner have four. <laughs> so what I did was, and I'm like, well, I, I'm actually not very good at that four mic thing or three mic thing. I just, you know, the Glenn Johns thing. Yeah. I, you got to be real good <laughs> to make that work, I think. Uh -huh. um, so uh, I, I just did a, a, a stereo mix of what I thought, and then I sent in my raw files okay. <laughs> for him to then... Okay. Do his thing. Do whatever, choose whatever he wants. He can have the overheads and the ball and biscuit and a bass mic if he wants. Whatever, whatever you want, you've got them all there. Um, yeah. But I did send my my mix um, as a reference, uh, and I think the artist liked it. I'm still waiting to hear back from the producer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to bob and weave. You got to bob and weave with yeah. what people want. Um, yeah. So, but you, so. It sounds like you you're changing a mic here and there, but it's not like the kick and snare. It's maybe one of the crunch mics or something. Yeah, so they're all they're all open. Everything's there, and I'll, and, and so there could be three or four microphones that are just the faders down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And how many? How many? Uh, but I just record everything. Yeah. How many mics typically? Like when you you're like I'm just going to record everything. Sixteen. Yeah. So well, I've got I've got two room mics, two overheads. Sometimes I put the 414s up as well as the coals. So I'll have uh, two sets of overheads, the bright ones and the ribbons. Um, uh, snare, top and bottom. Yep. Uh, I've, got, I've got a ribbon. I've got a uh, M160 on my hat, so I really like those. Yep. Um, and then Tom mics and then three kick mics. Okay. Um, and then the three, three rooms, the three mono rooms. Yep. Okay. Uh, that's it. Okay. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> well, I guess it's a lot. Is that around 18 somewhere or something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, between, it's between sort of 12 and I guess if I give everybody the whole full works, I think it is about, yeah, about 20 mics. Okay. Wow. Cool. Including the other bass drum. Because sometimes I might mix and match and start playing that bass drum, uh, you know, if it, oh. if the musically it. Right. You know? Right. So, and that, that other bass drum has three mics on it? No, that's all that's got on it is a subkick. Oh, that's all. Yeah, and the attack will come from the room overheads or or whatever. The, the, yeah, the attack either comes from the overheads or it's quite nice without it. I yeah. quite like the fact that it. Yeah, yeah. Is it that just goes eighteen. <laughs> oh, it's a twenty. You said it's a. Yeah. It's a twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it sounds like this in the room. Sounds like Zoom over here, but yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, that's I, I. It's 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 so awesome to me how everybody does this, you know, like just. Well, I mean, thing. I like you. I'm sure no one told me what to do. No one showed me how to do it, and and yeah. still, I mean, I, like I say, I'm I'm absolutely blessed with having being able to to ask some fantastic engineers when I'm stuck. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, what would you do? What's going on? Right. Uh, especially in the early days with Pro Tools. I mean, it would. I was like, Ugh. I mean, I've, I've no clue. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've got a great relationship with the the European uh, UA guy, mm -hmm. um, Tom. He's fantastic, and he's so lovely. I've done things for UA for him, and and I'll just send him a text, and he'll help me out if if this, there's something weird going on with uh, the UA uh, interfaces. Yeah. But but really, it like I say, like with you, I'm sure it's the same. You know, you just you find your way and you figure it out, and it's like that's how I do it. I mean, maybe my my way is a little bit too complex, really, but it's just how I do it now. 
and people seem to be happy with they get two folders yeah one of them's au naturel and the other one is mess with yeah on you go yeah um I mean, first of all, I think more and more people, as 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 more and more people come get accustomed to doing it this way, you know, not not that many people are yeah. at this, like receiving files from you know drummers. Um, yeah, well, it's terrifying. I, I think, isn't I, it? Well, especially you know, if they were like, I'm sure you've had this. You, they're like, oh my god, dude, you just sent me 20 mics. You know what I mean? But, yeah. But then you yeah. go, yeah, but you can just mute them. It's cool. Like it's okay. Like you don't have to use half of them. I think people understand that more now. Whereas I think even like years ago, you know, you know, you still get a frantic call of like, um, uh, can you tell me what to do with this? You're like, okay. Yeah. It's all good. You don't need, you don't want the overheads. Just turn them off. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, and and I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm sure you, you've had this. There's without question, some people have used a stereo wav of mine. There's oh, yeah. no question about that. Mm-hmm. They've just gone, it sounds cool. Yeah. And like, all right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's actually Jobs. the ultimate compliment. <laughs> Fits in the mix just right. Yeah. 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 I've definitely had that more than more than once. And I don't think it's laziness. I just think they're like, well, I've tried to get where you're at and I just can't do it. You know, it's um and that's not to say that my engineering skills are any better than theirs. It's just it does from even if I sent you my files, my process files, you know, it would take a little while to get, wouldn't it? You know, to get where I'm at with it because yeah. I, I do it every day in here, yeah. and I understand the drums and I know the balance and what that microphone does. So that crunch mic that's above the kit, yeah. if that was at zero, people would be like, "What the hell? The, the speakers are broken." You know, they'd think that the whole system's gone down. Until yeah. they turn it down to like absolutely hardly anything, yeah. and then they go, "Oh, there's that that lovely sort of crunchy sort of undercurrent on the on the whole kit. It's cool." Yeah, but you know, yeah. What What are you doing with the stuff that you're making? Like, you, I saw you put out like a like an EP this year. Which yeah, is- yeah. Well, I, I did I that. Love it, man. I, I mainly cool. did. Oh, thanks. I, I mainly did that because I've got I, I amazingly got asked to do Seth Meyers. Okay, yeah. And they said to me, have you got a product? I'm like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and I thought, well, actually, you know what? I've got, I have got some things I've been working on, and if I extend them and maybe get a couple of guests, yeah. I might be able to sort of push an EP out the door. Yeah. And that's precisely what I did. Okay. Um, and Ariel Posen joined me, and, and I, Stuart, in the height of the lockdowns last year, I did this. I've been messing around with this sort of five pattern which i'm still continuing to mess around with uh-huh. and at the embryonic stages of that it did sound quite weird the way i was playing it and and stuart sort of liked it and and i sent him the drums and and he basically put this really bonkers uh track on it you know we played bass and guitar and keyboards and everything uh-huh. um and i asked him i said can i you know can i put this thing out on my ep he's like sure you know right um 50% writing later, but um, all good. <laughs> right. um, uh, and, uh, and Osnoy, I, 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 you know, again, the social media craziness that we're in, especially at that time, that's how the only way people could sort of play was like that, you know. Right. Um, and Oz, Oz played some really cool stuff on one of my things. And, and I just wanted to basically have something that Seth could hold up. Uh, and I kind of, Okay. Kind of shoved it out of the door in a way, but I'm sort of quite proud of it because it's it's like what I quite like about the whole. I'm doing another EP now. What I quite like mm-hmm. talking to talking to musicians that are quite prolific with their recordings. That's the first thing I've ever really ever done. And what I like is the fact that oh, it's like a little snapshot in time of where you were mm-hmm. sonically. Mm-hmm. And you can look back and go, oh, God, yeah, I wouldn't do that with a bass drum now. Or I wouldn't, you know, oh, God, listen, it's so naive what I was doing with it <laughs> or whatever, you know. Um, so I think it's quite cool. And I, um, obviously, I'm, it's my first one. I've got something else to come out um, soonish, I hope. Uh, yeah. You kind of lit a yeah, fire. Kind of, you want to, like, keep putting stuff out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, I think, and as I get, I'm 52 in December, and I like as I'm getting older, I think, God, why haven't I got loads of stuff out there? Mm-hmm. You know, like the brilliant people like Mark Giuliano and, and Nate Smith and people that are putting fantastic music out all the time. Yeah. Like, why, why am I not doing that? Um, I guess it's because it's just me. <laughs> but, um, Nate, yeah, Nate, I mean, Nate's you know. record, I don't know if you've checked it out. It's unbelievable, yeah. man. It is, it's yeah, musical. It's fantastic, isn't it? And he's worked yeah. in his, his, his metric things into, into like real music and it's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. 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 I oh, know he's he's proper. I love him. Yeah, it's it's funny cuz like um with with the with the with the kind of Instagram thing, it's like you know, I find that like sometimes I create these little cool things and I'm like, "Oh, this is cool." And you go down the rabbit hole for like an hour or two and it's really fun and then you put it up and like it never it like, you know, sometimes I literally throw those sessions away. It's like, "Oh, shit's just taking up my space." But at the same time, those if I just spent another day or two, like just focused, that's right. That's music. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's well, that's that's precisely what I did. So I went back to a couple of Instagram posts mm-hmm. and just was like, okay, how can I focus a bit more on this? How can I make this a little longer? Uh, can I get to another section somehow? That's all I did really yeah. with with it. Yeah, and it and it is what it is. I mean, you know, it's yeah. not it's it's not uh changing the planet but it but it like i say for me it's a snapshot of where i was yeah, at but that th- time and that and that's you know that's you as a musician and as a writer and that's i mean definitively your style i mean like what you're doing um you know which obviously wouldn't fit in a lot of you know pop music or under you know no. you'd have to have your own band to be expressing yourself in the way that you do that way yeah Right. And so that actually, that's something that we should talk about with the whole Instagram thing and my sort of experimentation here. Yeah. So obviously when, when I'm, when I'm playing for British pop stars, I, I'm not playing like that ever. Yeah. And also the sounds are never like that. Really, Adele, Adele's you not know. down with you land. Five. She's not down with, <laughs> I can't imagine she's down with fives. I just can't imagine that happening, but you know, and so, and I, and I'm very sort of, I try to be very open with people like this is what you're seeing is me just like, I'm just having fun and, and experimenting right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm learning, I'm learning about all this stuff. And and this whole five tip that I'm on, um, I mean, you know, I, I, I've always been fascinated with the, the wonky Dilla hip hop things mm-hmm. and that, you know, straight, straight, a straight foot and a swung high hat and a whatever. Uh, it's always fascinated me and I love it. And of course, we'll probably never, ever have to get round to using it on a, an actual session. But the, the thing for me is what often happens, and I've seen it happen, is that that sort of um, quintuplet groove thing will be watered down and some pop star somewhere will go, I like that thing where it, go, where it still feels a bit weird. Mm-hmm. And you mean, oh, you mean like this? Oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all of the stuff that you've been experimenting with comes into play on a, I don't know, a Dua Lipa record or something, you know. Mm. So that's another reason why I, I, I'm doing it is because I, I, I just think that it's contemporary and we all should be trying to expand <laughs> musically, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, and, and I, you know, I really think that like, first of all, we all want to keep learning. I would hope that like, as old as, as, as long, the, we, the longer we go on this, nobody wants to stop learning. You know, most people, most no. people I know, that's why yeah. I do this because music is exciting. Drums are exciting. Rhythm is exciting. Right. And the thing that I yeah. find with like working on like those types of things, the in-between things is, you know, Obviously, at the at first it may not be musical, but hopefully you get it to a musical spot. But really, what it is is you're working on your timing and your feel. So when you when, Absolutely. when it's appropriate, you're not guessing. You're not like this is just some bullshit that I play. You're like I know exactly what I'm doing, so I can I can present it to a, a quote unquote pop star in the correct way, and it's going to be consistent. And yeah, and it's probably just going to be one one millisecond of like that thing. And maybe it happens twice. 
Yeah. Spent all this time on it to make it a musical uh, statement. Yeah. Well, interesting what you're saying about, about consistency. So that's, that's the one thing that fascinates me. It's yeah. all very well playing a sort of wonky groove when you're in a club yeah. for like four bars and everyone goes, woo! Or a sound check, right? Doing? Sound check. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's all fair enough, and I get it. Now, so it, for, our, for our world, when a producer says, oh, no, I need that, I want you to play that type of thing for like eight bars to a click. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, well, the thing that I'm doing when I'm down the club, I can't really play it to a click because I'm sort of bending around so much. Well, now you've got to. So you've got to sort of actually, you've got to dissect it and figure out, well, what are, what are the components that make it feel like that? And that's what I mean. That's, that's what the journey I've been on is like, what's making this thing? feel like that yeah um and the and the five things i'm sure i'm about 10 years behind everybody else but fives no question it, it is in there with with that whole it's not it's not a, obviously not a, a, a six field triplet groove it's not a shuffly thing although it sort of is mm-hmm. and it certainly ain't straight yeah. um and i but so i've actually have pinned it down to where the notes sit Yep. And I feel quite good about it the way it's, it's kind of sounds weird and I like it and I can consistently play it yeah. time after time with a click. Yeah. Um, and I'm really enjoying the, um, the journey with it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just, it takes time to come out as music and you have to. You Absolutely. Have to I think, yeah. you know, and that's just the fine line between the microcosm of, of the one minute people see on social media of like, Oh, you know, there's Ash. He's really good at that crazy wonky shit. But <laughs> yeah, in reality, um, yeah, when, when you look at your discography, it's like you know, there's not a five anywhere near it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, there might have been on uh, Rick Wakeman, but um, that's a completely sure. different five. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Sure. But Robbie Williams is not you know fiving at all. No, yeah, yeah, no, he he yeah. will not be doing that. Yeah, yeah. right on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, but you know, personal growth, like you say, everybody, everybody feels that they, I think every real musician just wants to feel that they're, well, I hope they do they feel that like that, that they're trying something new. I think it's, I think, I think we have to, you know, to move on. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a, yeah. like a, there's like a, you know, there's the mentality of, I, I I mean I hate I hate I hate Stay. I hate to tie into like jazz, like because I think that makes people run. But like I feel like the mentality of musicians back, you know, in the fifties and sixties and seventies, who are who are yeah. playing jazz or fusion, it was like you're. It's about exploring and expanding your ideas and things like that. And I don't feel like yeah. it exists as much now. No, you know I mean? agreed. And um. You know, I think guys from our generation, a lot of people still have that. I mean, maybe I'm sounding like an asshole, like generalizing like that about young and old. But and I, I'm, you know, sorry, but that's, you know what I mean? Like there, there are mentalities of like, OK, I'm only going to like live in 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 a certain world where I program things and things are perfect and yeah, things like that. And then there's the player mentality where you want to expand on your vocabulary at all times. But hopefully yeah. it's music and not just yeah. go and chops. Exactly. Um, and I hopefully I've got to a space with that particular thing that I'm starting to make it sound like it's a musical um, phrase. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 I will have to flag this up. What started me off on all of this, I started doing 21. Mike Johnston asked me to do this thing called 21 Drums Camp okay. about five or six years ago. And I met Mark Juliana mm-hmm. and well, that's that's the end of the story, really, because <laughs> because you know being around being around that guy, yeah, and um, it's like, I mean, it just makes you think um, in a completely different way. He, he sort of blew my mind, Mark. Yeah, like he does everybody. Because yeah. not only is he a, a an awesome musician as a person, he's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful human being, and and to see what he was doing, I was like, wow, I'd never quite, you know, it, for the UK, there's, there's nobody really doing that. Um, 
experimenting like uh, that level that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great drummer called Yusuf Days, is a, a young uh, drummer that's that plays with uh, Rocco Palladino, mm-hmm. and he's great. He's got his own little thing going on. Um, but that sort of um, Mark Giuliano. Um, world, this I can't really think of anybody. I'm probably going to get my ass kicked by a lot of drummers going, "Oh, what about?" Uh, but <laughs> it, it's 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 not obvious, like not as obvious as haven't. The UK hasn't got a Mark Giuliano. There you go. <laughs> That's what I mean. Um, so seeing that, I was like, "Wow!" It really blew my mind, you know. Um, and I'm not saying what what I'm doing is anywhere near that, but it, it certainly made me start to think, "Wow, okay." There's that whole thing over there that I've not ignored, mm. but I've not come up against because I'm playing pop music. I, I, you know, we we I laughed with Mark because we were talking about seven eight, mm. and I said I think I play in seven once a year, right? Quite possibly, right. get asked to play in seven maybe once a year, right? Right? You know? Right? It's it's four four. That's my entire life is four four. Sure, um, and we were so we were sort of laughing about it, um, and I decided to sort of do something about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it keeps your brain sharp too, especially when you're isolated yeah. in a room. You know, like you and I often are. Um, for, yeah. When when like a film cue or something comes around, that's not the phrases that's are right. or there's an odd bar or an odd beat. You know, it, it, yeah. Like those things keep, hopefully keep you musically sharp and you're challenging yourself, which is pretty important. That's the one. Yeah. 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 We kind of got off the recording thing, but I love this. It's, it's, we it's, did. Pretty, yeah. it's kind of great to like go to, you know, just, I don't know, reaffirm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I, I did, um, I did one, a sort of session type round table with Russ Miller, uh, and Rich Richmond, um, who else was on there? Oh, I'm really going to offend some people now, but there's been four of us um, chatting away, and it was really great. Uh, oh, Near Z was there, um, uh, and that was it. It was Near Z, me, Rich Redmond, Rich Redmond, and um, Russ, and it was really great. That whole like, oh, okay, it's talking to people that understand your world. It's sort yeah. of brilliant, really. Yeah. Yeah, because we have got we have. There's no two ways about it. We we have a strange job, really, you know. Yeah. Um, and no one understands it other than guys that do the same thing. You right. Know? Right. Are you are you going to London much at all to record? Yeah, and and now it's sort of opened up a little bit. I've been down there a bit. There's a producer called Jimmy Napes that I work for, who uh, so I've done some stuff with Sam Smith. Yep. Um, recently with him, he's got a new. So Jimmy's got a new studio. Okay. Uh, in Camden, and I've done some quite a bit of remote stuff for Jimmy, but oh. now he's got his new studio. He, he likes, and now we can. He likes having uh, the the full band. Uh, last last session I did, Sam was there too, so it was really great. Cool. Um, and that's it's not often, you know, a couple of times a month maybe. Okay. Oh, that's you know. pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I went. I did something with Hans Zimmer and Steve Lipson. Mm. and Pino um, we did an album uh, about a couple of months ago and that was great that was a whole sort of full band um, at British Grove for a week and that was that was mega you know to, wow. to do that and and to be with Pino for that long and sort of you know properly hang and play it's really cool yeah yeah yeah. D- you know, it makes you realise you, they, they don't happen those sessions very often I know right when, yeah when you get into yeah. play with people especially Someone like Pino, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you do you feel like when you're on a session and there's an a, you know actual engineer and things like that, do you feel like you can kind of let go? You're like, ah, I get to only play. Well, or are you, are yeah, you constantly studying and also like checking shit out? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm def- definitely looking, uh, and more and more now when I go back. Um, Interestingly, there was a young engineer on that session and Steve was at the back with hands, you know, they're producing from behind the, (laughs) on the back couch, as it were. Mm -hmm. Um, And Steve had said to me about, he said, you know, you've you've got to talk to the engineer about your drum sound. I was like, okay. I said, like, what what do you mean? He said, well, you've got to to tell them, you know, what um, your approach, 
because Steve obviously there's something about what I'm doing here that he, that he thinks is is good and I should pass that information on because you know for young engineers I guess drum kit it's still quite um still quite a rare thing yeah well it's becoming a rare thing for say you're 24 micing up a drum kit it, it doesn't happen every day that now well and and yeah. not only that there's a, there's also a strange um perception since a lot of younger producers are on laptops and programming that yeah yeah there's an individual sound and if there's bleed from somewhere else like yeah they don't interact so when if they don't like it if they work with like either a live drummer or they receive files all of a sudden there's yeah. hi-hat and the snare mic you know i know i know it's like holy shit well, i can't eq it the way i normally do right it's like that's right yeah it's uncontrollable yeah i i've i've dealt with that very recently with a producer that just didn't like it yeah you know doesn't did just almost want wanted me to to send him samples wow. of my drums really wow um and that's another thing behind the sort of contemporary sounds that i'm messing with mm. what's behind that is also those producers the lap the laptop warriors which uh, there's a lot of them mm. um and great ones too, actually. Um, oh, yeah. it's, it's not. I, I don't. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. There's some great producers that that's how they work. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of trying to make our instrument, which is a old fashioned instrument in some respects, accessible to them, and they go, actually, I might better use that. Right. So I'm, I'm actually fishing for work with with my sonic uh, journey too. I, I I mean I think that's uh, that's part of the goal is to is to be stylistically. Yeah. Uh, unique or strong enough where people are like, oh no, can you actually go? I don't want regular drums. I there. want I want the fucked up thing that you're really good at, you know. Yeah. Sonically. Yeah. 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 That would be nice. That'd be fun. You know, just play like have some fun like you do, you know. Yeah. Which I do get asked to, you know, I do get I, asked to do that. It's yeah. great. Yeah, me too. Like I feel like more often for me, it's like, Hey, do you have samples of those? And I'm like, I'm usually like, ah, I didn't really sample them. I just did the, I just did that thing. Um, and yeah. Samples. But I'm like, no, the whole point is that like, it's not about the sample. It's about that. Like, you know, I played this thing and the sounds were like happening because I was playing it. Not because I like sampled it and fucking built it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's right. So like, if you want, let's like, like, like come over, let's make, let's make something that sounds cool and put it on your tune. It doesn't, you know, not about this, you know? Yeah. 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 I did do a sample pack for tune track. Okay. Uh, of, of all of those noises that I've been messing with. And I, I believe people quite like it. Um, you know, and then I had the sort of pang of like, oh God, you know, people are not going to, they're just going to use that. But of course... I don't, I don't think that's probably the case. I think, you know, people might, it, I might end up because of the power of um, a company that big. Um, I might end up on the, on the lap of a producer that's never heard of me and go, who's this guy? Right. Um, so I thought it was a positive thing. And, I, and it was quite nice to sort of, again, document the sounds at that time. I did it in lockdown last year. And you, did you um, chop everything and, and do? Uh, it was like the longest sessions of my life. It's, it's, Oh my word! Yeah, I don't know if you've ever done one, but it's like for a hi hat, two and a half hours on on a hi hat, yeah. about two hours on a ride. Yeah, because you know if you whack a ride at full velocity, oh yeah, still going. Yeah, and it's still going. <laughs> yeah. And I've got to do, I've got to do thirty of that at that velocity. Yeah, hours go by, you know. So it's quite a sort of quite a tedious thing. The fun bit was getting the sounds. Yeah. Then I'd, get the, I'd arrive at a kit and go, okay, that's cool. I'm happy with that way that kit sounds. Okay, now you've got to sample it. That's, oh. that's when you bring a big bottle yeah. of wine out and you go, okay. Yeah, it's funny because I think I'm this close to doing one. Like I'm finally going to do one. I've done the loop thing yeah. with, uh, with Loop Loft, but like an actual sample pack. I'm trying yeah. to figure out the way I I, I kind of want to do it and where I would want to put it, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's cause, a funny old thing, isn't it? Because because they're, they're the people that are going to call you for live drums and the people that that are going to call you for 
like that just want the sounds and and they're kind of they're kind of separate worlds anyway you know what i mean so yeah agreed yeah agreed yeah yeah um i i'm glad i did it like i say because it's it's sort of uh well firstly it was quite lucrative if i'm honest uh and secondly it was um a, a lucrative at a time where there was it was a funny old time right. you know so i i i jumped at it um and then there it exists it now exists it was that time yep. um and and those sounds again are sort of time stamped yep. for me it's like wow that's what i was doing with the bass drum at that time or the snare and um yeah it's kind of cool and i've done i did one before with them a, a one called uk pop with mark taylor funnily enough at rack studios and that was a much more sort of traditional sort of british yeah. um you know mumford and sons adele uh robbie th those type of sounds um yeah. much more sort of Brit british pop music um called yeah it's called uk pop and that was a great uh success uh and then yeah then this one uh, which i think they called they called it um pocket something i think pocket sounds or something like that okay yeah not just ash zones badass sounds man well I, thank you for your time man it's it was nice to chat oh, pleasure yeah yeah appreciate it it's um wonderful great to your space man and Oh, thank you, mate. Well, one, let's, one of these days when this nonsense is all over, if you get, ever get over to England yeah. and vice versa. Where, where are you? Is it you? You're in the West I'm Coast. In LA. Right? Yeah, and I'm in LA. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So if you're so going to. So I might be seeing you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> Come hang. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. All right, Blair. Well, thank you so much for asking me, man. I, I'm honored. Of course, Ash. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, dude. All right, dude. Take care, Take care of yourself. You too. All right. Bye.